0: This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. I want to let you know today it's not, a, it's not a Nova thing, it's, it's not a Halifax thing, it's a, it's a Bible thing when we lift up our hands. And sometimes you'll see this in church. Sometimes you think, why do we lift up hands? Well, in Timothy it says, I desire that people lift up holy hands, one without wrath and one without doubt. See, when you lift your hand without wrath, what you're saying is, no emotion will separate me from connecting with God. See, some of you walked in here today, you're feeling on top of the world. It was a great week. But some of you, you can't wait for this week to be end and for a new month to start. But when you say, no emotion will separate me from God. Listen, feelings make great slaves, but horrible masters. I have learned in my life that right choices lead to right emotions. But if I waited to feel God, I would never connect with God. If I waited to feel married, I wouldn't stay married. If I waited to feel like being a father, if I felt like, felt like going to work, when I lift my hand, to say, God, no matter what I'm feeling today, you are good, and I'm here to connect with you. It says, without wrath, and then it says, without doubt. Here's what I've realized sometimes. I get into a service like this, and I know I'm not the only one, even though I'm the pastor, I start thinking, God, I don't know if you can do it. I don't know if you can help my life. I start doubting based on my experience, based on my thoughts. And I've realized in my short life that if God was small enough for my mind, he wouldn't be big enough for my need. And sometimes my mind goes, no, no, this one's too big. That bill's too big, that that person's too far gone, that sickness is, listen, there's something about the name of Jesus Christ. It's bigger than cancer, it's bigger than abuse, it's bigger than regret, it's bigger than your past and your pain. And when we lift up both hands, we say, God, no emotion and no thought is gonna separate me, if you're comfortable today. Just a moment, could you lift up both hands if you would today, if you feel comfortable? Come on, let's pray today. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And God, I thank you for every face that walked in this room today. We don't know their story, but you do. And God, today I'm asking they connect with you, not a church, not a people, but with you the name above all names the name that's bigger than their past bigger than their future bigger than their talents bigger than their debt and God we lift up Father beyond emotion beyond thoughts we say God do what only you can do in the name of Jesus Christ and everybody said come on can you just turn to two people come on just welcome the church this morning as you grab a seat shake someone's hand this morning thank you worship team Good morning, church. I'm going to say that again. Good morning, church. Listen, we believe it's okay to be loud in church. Is that all right? If you don't like being loud, that's all right. We got some people that are going to be loud for us. We like being loud in church. I'm going to say, "Good morning, church." The winning team's always the loudest. Amen. I uh, met my wife um, over about 18 years ago, and thank you so much. And. Uh, when I got married with my wife on May 20th, 2000, we got married on Signal Hill in Newfoundland. Any Newfies in the place? Yeah. Newfies are always proud that they're Newfies, aren't they? We got married in St. John's. I'm not a Newfie. My mother is a Newfie. My wife is a Newfie. And uh, I got married on Signal Hill. That's as close to being Newfie as you can get right there. And we got married in May, two- May 2000, inside her wedding ring and my wedding ring, we had the same thing inscribed. It says this. It says, two lives, one cause. Girls are usually like, oh, that's so sweet. And guys are like, what? Guys, that's why you're single right there. I can help you. Be a romantic. But we got the same thing in both our rings. It says two lives, one cause. That means no matter where I am in the world, no matter where she is, sometimes we're in different countries, we're in different provinces, different, different things going on, but we have the same life, two different lives, but we have the same cause, and that's to lift up Jesus Christ and to work his plan. Amen. I don't know who you are today, I don't know where you came from, and there's so many different stories in this place, but I want to let you know, no matter what your background, different races from different places, we have different backgrounds and stories and lives, but we come together under one roof, under one name, come on somebody, that's to lift up the name of Jesus, can someone say amen today? Welcome to church, we're so glad you're in church today. Anybody have a Bible today? If you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, if you don't have a Bible, that's fine, you're going to see it in a moment behind me on the screen. I'm Next week, we're really excited. Next week is our first all-in service. We have such a faithful team here. And if you have kids here today, they're probably in our Nova Kids and Nova Kids Junior. And we have a faithful team, so much, that make everything happen. And right now, we have dozens and dozens and dozens of team members and children all over this place right now being taught the Word of God, having fun. It's okay to have fun in church. Anybody know that yet? We like haze and lights and loud. If you don't like fun churches, this is not the right church for you. There's a lot of other churches in the city that are not fun, and you can go there. But this will be a fun church. But we have such an amazing team. But next week, it's our all in service where we're excited. It's Thanksgiving weekend. It's my favorite holiday of the year. How many like turkey? How many? Come on. Come on. The rest of you are liars in this place. Even vegetarians like Thanksgiving. Come on, somebody. But we're going to come together and we're going to thank God for what he's done. But all our kids are going to be in with us and we're going to have our teachers and all in every age and every person is going to be in here. And we're excited about that next week. And also, Matt just mentioned it earlier, after our uh, experience today, we have a thing called Next Steps. And we had over 34, 33, 34 people last week in Next Steps. And I'd encourage you, if you're thinking, man, is this church for me? Come to Next Steps. If you're thinking, I want to grow in my faith, come to Next Steps. And we honestly believe life is more enjoyable if you're involved. I would rather play on the field than criticize from the stands. Oh, that's good right there. I would, I would rather play darts than watch hockey. I'm serious. There's something about getting in the game. And we believe your faith is an action. Faith is seen. And it's your faith. It says, the Bible says to work out your faith. And there's something about work. There's something about connecting. And we want to let you know that we're looking for you to get connected to this church. So right after this service... We call it Next Steps. You're thinking, what's next for me in this service? Well, head to Next Steps. We'll let you know how to get connected with God to grow in your faith, but also how you can connect in a church. And sometimes it's hard to connect to a church. You walk in, you don't know anybody's name, you don't know where to sit. And so many times I want to let you know that we want to make it as easy as possible if you're sitting there going, I want to connect. Because church is not a service. Did you know that? It's a community. We want you to join to this community. As we get this community off the ground and we're building this, we want to let you know we would love to have you a part of this community. So if you go to What's Next, there's a banner, a big wall outside. If you head to What's Next, you're thinking, what's next? Go to the wall, and we'll let you know what's next. And uh, we'd be excited to see you. And lastly, before we read Matthew chapter 22, we have a petting zoo tonight. today. Isn't that exciting? I know some of you are like, I'll, I'll, I'll pack up my kids up and go to church. Listen, the jokes don't get any better from here, folks. So if you're looking for good humor, this is not the church for you. You should probably keep on moving. All right. All right, folks, a tough crowd. Okay. But we got a petting zoo, and I know the kids are excited, but a lot of my team are excited. They're, like, running around excited. I don't know what this is, but um, I said to them, I said, what animals are coming? And they said, should be an alpaca and a cow. Holy cow. It's at church, right? So, holy cow, and there should be a lot of other things. And they're like, but depending on how the animals feel, I'm like, the animals are a lot like people, you know? Depending how they feel, depending on what animals. There might be a rabbit and a dog out there. I don't even know what's going to show up today, but it's going to be good. So, we got a petting zoo right after this, so I'm excited. My kids are excited. Hopefully, you're excited. Matthew chapter 22, are you there? I've just been waiting for you guys to get there. I grew up in church. I couldn't find certain books of the Bible. I might be the only one. I couldn't find those crazy books that no one could find. i just stop in Psalms, right in the middle, and pretend I knew where it was. But if you didn't bring your Bible, you'll see it behind me on, uh, on the screen behind me. Matthew chapter 22. I want to read a few verses this morning. I want to encourage you. I want to let you know you're going to leave here encouraged today. We want something for you, not from you. I believe the gospel is good news. I believe today, no matter if you're far from God or you feel like God's a big part of your life, you can leave here encouraged, knowing God is for you and has something and a plan for your life. Can someone say amen? Matthew chapter 22. Let me read a few verses. Start reading in verse 34. 34 says, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. I don't know why they were sad. Probably didn't go to a fun church. That's what I'm thinking right there. The Sadducees, with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with with this question. He said, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? It's a good question. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, all you got. Look at your other neighbor and say, you too, all you got. He says, you got to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then Jesus is extracurricular. Jesus just goes overboard. He's like, listen, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to keep going. He goes, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Today, for the next few moments, I just want to challenge you. We're in a series right now called We Are Nova. As we launch this church, we know in the beginning it's important how you start determines how you're going to build. And we're building culture in this church. And we started this series called We Are Nova. Our name Nova Church isn't just because we're in Nova Scotia, but it's Latin that means new. Nova Scotia means new Scotland. We believe the Bible says that he makes all things new. First week we talked about God gives you new beginnings. if you weren't here for launch day or if you were, you need to be reminded today that God makes all things new. We're the God that believes in second chances and third chances and four chances. You, you can blow it time and again, but God has a plan for your life. Not to just give you an excuse to mess up, but let you know you can have hope. The Bible says, without hope, people, their hearts become sick. Today, I don't know how much you've done. I don't know where you've been. But you can have hope today that God is good and you can have a new start as soon as you call in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to let you know, He makes all things new. Doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. I am thankful for a God that says, hey, today is a new day. It says His mercies are new each day. That means today that God, His love, His mercy, his hope, his forgiveness is new for me today. And someone said amen. So thankful. Our second week we talked about last week, new faith, Nova Faith. Listen, we have faith as a church. We believe. Faith is really hope. It's a confidence, not in what we've done. See, religion says you can get to God and you can get ahead in the seniority list based on what you've done. How much of the Bible Bible you know. How much money you give. How faithful you attend. But the word of God says our hope is in him. And Nova faith isn't based on what we've done, but who he is. My friends, we have confidence, not in our goodness. Listen, I want to let you know, our church isn't good enough. Our band's not good enough. The preaching is definitely not good enough. Can someone say amen? I'm watching you. The music's not that good. We don't pray enough. We don't give enough. Listen, it's not based on our actions. Listen, we're faithful. But our faith and our hope that God wants to use us and other churches to reach this city is based on how good God is. And when people hear the hope of the gospel that God is good and He is not mad, that He is close to those that call on His name, we believe, we have faith that greatness is upon us. And we believe we can reach the city. This city is not turned off to hope, it's not turned off to love, it's not turned off to forgiveness. And I believe we have great faith that as a church and as a people, come on, that our best days are yet to come. We have more dreams and memories. And we believe that we have Nova faith. And today, you'll see it behind me, I want to write this title down somewhere. Write this title down. I've taken notes today. Nova Great. Nova Great. Let me pray one more time. Father, I thank you for this morning. Father, I thank you for these amazing people. Father, our desire here is clear today. And Father, it's become more like you. I pray these next few minutes these next few minutes, Lord, that you would speak to us. Father, I pray they would not just connect with the preacher, but Father God, they'd connect with your spirit and your presence. Father, I pray today we'd walk out of here confirmed more than ever that you are passionate about us, that you are good, and you are actively involved in our journey. Father, I pray you'd help me preach well. Father, I pray we'd leave here more in love with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said, the last two and a half years, I've been on a plane traveling quite a bit. In fact, I looked on my app, my travel app, and I looked at it this week, and in the last two and a half years, I traveled 240,000 kilometers. That's a lot of kilometers. And, uh, and most of those is going to camps in the summertime, speaking to teenagers. and In the last two years, I've spoken to 16 camps and about 80,000 students in the last two years. And, and I, I, young people keep you young. Have you realized that yet? I realize that's why I love being around young adults. And my kids, I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. They keep me young. They keep my pants ripped. My parents are like, we need to get you new jeans. I'm like, no, Mom, this is the style. Come on. Some of you are like, I can't believe you paid for those jeans. I can't believe we buy bottled water. There's a lot of things my parents' generation can't believe. But as I travel, these camps and these teenagers keep me young, and I hear these new terms. I like to think I'm pretty current, and I like to keep up. But first time I heard the term lit, have you heard this term lit? If you haven't, you're probably over the age of 40. But if you're under the age of 30, listen, just because I know what it is doesn't mean I can use it. It means I know what it is. I've learned enough. At 42, you cannot use the term lit. You just got to know what it means. But lit means I don't even know what it means. It means you. It means it means it's exciting. It's happening. It's the place to be. It's amazing. It is as my generation would say: we are stoked, we are we are psyched. It's going to be sick. Now they call it lit. I, I don't know. First time I heard it was lit, I thought it was like cigarettes. I thought there was a fire. You know, we've been known to have a few fire alarms go off in this place. Uh, last week the service was really lit, and uh, I heard this other term when I was traveling this summer, and I heard it last year, but I didn't have the courage to ask. You know, like remember remember those of us remember before there was the internet. You know what I'm talking about? when we used to have mixtapes. Remember mixtapes? Some of you got no time to explain mixtapes, but you used to rewind it with a pen. I don't even got time. Some of you are way too young, but when I was young, if you didn't know the answer, you sat around long enough until you figured it out. Now we got Google, right? But I remember, I heard this term last year called goat. Oh, he's a goat. I'm like, man, we got a petting zoo. I'm, all, I'm excited about this. That's not what they are mean. That guy is so, G. he's the OG, man. He's amazing. That guy's the best player that's ever been. He's a goat. I'm like, I don't understand this. What do you mean, goat so I pulled this teenager aside. I'm like, listen, I know I'm the preacher. I know everything, but I want to test you. Do you know what goat means? Like, like talking about basketball players? He's like, yeah, man. It means greatest of all time. I'm like, exactly. Just checking with you. I'm like, dude, your vocabulary is lit. He's like, what? I'm like, never mind. This term, this term goat, at first I thought it was disrespectful. Was talking about Michael Jordan. Oh, he's a goat. I'm like, Michael Jordan is the man. I remember basketball when they wore the short shorts. Come on, somebody. Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambeer, the bad boys of Detroit. Come on, that's my era. I'm like, Michael Jordan's not a GOAT. He's amazing. Like, dude, no, he's the greatest of all time. Like, you're right, he is. The greatest of all time is a question. Listen, it's one of the, uh, a question that comes up all the time. I want to ask you today. I need some, I need some feedback today because we're a loud church. What's the greatest hockey team of all time? Someone. Canucks. Leafs. Okay. Who said the Canucks? I just, Lift your hand right now. Just pray for this young man. Wow! Good Lord, someone else. Best hockey team, Tampa Bay Lightning. That's because you live in Tampa half the year. They're a pretty good team. All right, all right, all right, all right. Best basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. If else is wrong. All right, best best band of all time. Come on, favorite band. What? The Beatles. Who said the Beatles? You're like nine. How do you know the Beatles? Help somebody. I don't know. someone else. You say the Spice Girls. That's awful. My God, don't help us. Elvis, any Elvis fans? Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, favorite, greatest movie of all time? Somebody. The Mighty Ducks. I'm not even going to, can't even believe that right now. Titanic. Titanic. That movie gives me the sinking feeling right there. What? Indiana Jones? Who? I didn't want, all right. My favorite of all time would probably be Braveheart. I do know, something about courage. And everybody sounds tougher with a Scottish accent. Matt's, Matt's, his favorite is Miss Congeniality 1, 2, and 3. Um, <laughs> it's a wonder he ever got married. It's amazing to me. You know, it's amazing. People have always argued who's the greatest of all time in sports and music. People have argued over who's the greatest of all time in, in presidents and prime ministers. People have argued. And in Scripture, we have people arguing over what's the greatest commandment of all time. This relies to us, and this is important to us, because we believe the Bible is not just a book you read, it's a book that reads you. We believe that that this isn't just a suggestion, it's actually a blueprint for your life. We believe this is a manual. Ikea opened this week and 4,000 people. It's amazing, people can go to Ikea and line up, people think that's normal. But if you come to church with haze and petting zoos, they think you're crazy. Um, Like Ikea, we want to assemble your life according to a manual. The difference is, it'll take Jesus a lot less time to fix you than you to assemble something from Ikea. Come on, somebody. But we believe this is a manual. And everything that comes needs to be assembled comes with a manual. We believe the word of God can help you with your life. And it's amazing. It's talking about, in in Matthew 22, it talks about what's the greatest commandment of all time. What is the greatest? You know, churches are no different. We're always talking about what's the greatest thing. I think we define greatness the wrong measuring stick. People say, well, that's a great church. Why why is it? It's a large church. Why is that a great church? Oh, it's a small church, but they're connected. We define things differently. The church is the same way. Listen, different views, different values, and we're guilty of making mountains out of molehills and molehills out of mountains. So many times we define greatness different than the Bible, and as Jesus, we focus on the wrong things. So many times in my life, I have focused on the wrong thing. I heard this comedian once talking about commercials, and I love commercials. You know that most kids today don't even know what a commercial is? Because they stream everything, and, they, and, they, uh, and they, they, they record everything, and they don't see commercials. But I like good commercials, and this one comedian was saying, you ever seen these, these Tide commercials that get stains out of clothes? And he's talking with this commercial and says it gets coffee, it gets dirt, it gets blood out of your clothes. And he says, listen, if you're bleeding, I don't think laundry is your top priority. You know, so many times we focus on things that aren't the top priority. We, make, we, we focus so much on different things. We focus on, on, on how to worship. We focus on, uh, on styles of music. We focus on dress code. We, we focus on lighting and haze. We focus on, on style of preaching. We focus on ages of people. And I think many times we focus on the wrong thing. I want to let you know today we are building something here. And in these early stages of NOVA, but also in your life, wherever you are in your journey to join us, it's important to know that we are building something every time we gather. We're building our lives. Did you know that? Every choice you make is building your life. Every choice becomes a behavior, and your behavior will lead to your legacy. We are building our lives. We're building our families here. NOVA is a church that welcomes all generations, but we are focused on young families. That means we want grandparents, and we want kids, but we want to let you know. We want to help families, and that's why we are passionate That's why we have a team of uh, of volunteers of our dream team that's saying, listen, they've never been in a church service in this room. They've never heard me preach. They're like, listen, we'll skip all that. Why? Because we believe in the children of this generation. We want to help families. But we're building lives, we're building families, and we're building our church. We're not just having a service, we're building something here. I said to my team last week, we are not perfect. We've had more mistakes and band problems and fire alarms and preaching mistakes and computers have shut down but it's I say to my team I said it's not perfect but it's full of perfect moments the last two weeks have been perfect moments for people We're getting the texts and the emails and conversations people going, listen my life is encountering a living God and a loving people and something is changing in my life I want to let you know we're building something here but if we're going to build something we've got to know what God calls great if we're going to be Nova we have to be Nova great which means we have to focus on the right thing styles come and go We will not build it on trends. Let it be said that our blueprint for greatness isn't designed or defined by culture or trends. Trends come and go. Did you realize that? The last three letters of trend is end. That's why, because it doesn't last. Bell bottoms came and went. Thank God. Skinny jeans will come and go. Thank God, right? Hairstyles come and go. Listen, let it be said of us that we build our lives, our families, and our church on something greater than culture and a trend, but on the very word of God. God has a plan for your life. We want to build it great. It says in Psalms 127, it says, unless God builds a house, we labor in vain. Let God build your life today. Can I encourage you today? Let God build your life. Let God build your life. We work hard, but I'm convinced more than ever with my family and our church, we're going to let God, listen, if God doesn't build it, we labor in vain. We're not trying to make a name for ourselves in this city. We're not trying to fill this thing just to make a name for ourselves. We believe that this is the hope of the world. We believe that God is good, and we let God build the house if we build it the right way. Matthew 22 really is the question is asked, what is the greatest commandment? Here's the question that the lawyer was asking and the people were listening to. If we could put our energy into just one thing, what would it be? So many times we put our energy into different things, don't we? Things that you think are going to last, investments that you think are going to last and don't. There are some people that invested heavily in BlackBerry. It didn't last. There's some people that invested heavily in Blockbuster. It didn't last. Listen, let me ask you today. Where are we investing our lives and our energy as parents, as singles, as young adults? Where are we putting our energy? And Jesus here, in one moment, settles the argument of where our greatest focus should be. He settles an argument and he sets our church's focus in one statement. Here's what he says. He says, love God and love people. There's so much power in that statement right there, isn't there? Love God and love people. We make things so complicated, don't we? Sometimes we make it, we add things, and the older I get, the more I realize we complicate things. Jesus breaks it all down, pushes everything down, and goes, listen, these things are important, but the greatest focus of my church, of our disciples, of our lives must be to love God and to love people. Not music style, not clove style, not preaching style, not the cool factor, though a petting zoo is pretty cool. But that's not what we build on. We build on loving God and loving people. What does it mean to love God? Love God. It means the Bible says, and Jesus says it here, it says to love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. You know what that means? It means all of you. To quote the poet John Legend, all of me loves all of you. It's all of me. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all of you. Can I encourage you? That doesn't mean we give God Sundays. Religion says put on your best clothes and do your best and get to church on Sunday. And we are so glad you're here today. But when we give our all to God, when we love God with all that we have, that means he gets all of me. He gets the good, he gets the bad, he gets the dreams, he gets the regrets. He gets my Mondays and he gets my Tuesdays. And he gets my Fridays and he gets my Sundays. We give them all we got. I want to let you know today, we are passionate as a church of loving God with all that we have. It means we're consumed with His plan for our life. Here's what I've realized I mess things up. I mess things up all the time. I say the wrong thing. Am I the only man that says things wrong all the time? No, I'm not the only one. I mess things up. But I know God has a plan for my life that's beyond my experience, it's beyond my capability, beyond my character and my talents. And we are passionate about God's plan for our life. Listen, you might be sitting there going, man, I'm in my 30s, 40s, 50s, and I've screwed my life up. I am so thankful for a God that offers new beginnings. But I'm also thankful for a God that wants to build our life, and his plan is better than mine. Some of you are like, man, my plan's better. No, God has a plan better than our plan. And we are all in. We are consumed. We are consumed with it. When we love God, other commandments, other directions fall in the line. If God has it, I want it. People go, what do you want from God? If he has it, I want it. There's this thing going on called the prosperity gospel. Some people are for it and some are against it. Here's what I believe. I believe God wants us to prosper. He wants my character to prosper. He wants my marriage to prosper. He wants my kids to prosper. God wants something for us. He wants my, my purity to prosper. He wants my life to prosper. I want to let you know God has a plan for your life today. If you're far from God, or maybe you just feel distant from Him, only know God has a plan for your life. And our behavior, when you love God, isn't based on rules. It's a result of love. See, that statement right there will change your life and change your walk with God. It's not based on rules. It's based on love. So many people see this book as a book of rules. You can't smoke what you want, drink what you want, sleep with who you want. You can't do what you want. This is not a book of rules. This is a book of love. This is the greatest love story ever written about a God who loved us so much, he gave all that he had to reach us. I want to let you know there's a difference. The motive isn't rules. The motive isn't fear. The motive is love. We live as Christians in such a way we're pure, we're sincere, we're passionate, we're devoted, we are giving, not to make God love us, but as a result of God loving us. I want to let you know marriage isn't like that. Marriage isn't built on rules. Marriage is built on love. Me and my wife, we met. We, met, we actually met at an airline ticket counter. My wife used to work for an airline, and I was checking in. True story, the first time I ever talked to my wife, I was walking up to a counter to check in for a flight, and she was behind the counter checking me in. I like to think of it this way. As I was checking in, she was checking me out. She doesn't remember it that way, but in my mind, that's the way it went down, right there. We dated for two weeks, and then we got engaged. Don't do that. It works for us. Don't do that. My wife doesn't have Bieber fever. She has a case of the Thriller Millers. Come on, somebody. No, I saw a good thing, and I, I rescued her from Newfoundland and brought her to the mainland. And When we were getting married, I was working at a, a, a job, and the people I worked with, when they heard I was dating this girl for two weeks, and then I got engaged, they tried to talk me out of it. They're like, whoa, 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 what do you mean getting married? Well, I was 25, and they're like, what do you mean you're getting married? Who is this girl? You've only been dating for two weeks. You don't even know her. She's from another province. Listen, and they, they had this view of marriage, and they said things like, man, you can't be faithful to one woman your whole life. They started making jokes about, man, you got the old ball and chain dragging around. They, Listen, we're going to say goodbye to your, your life. You're going to just, all of a sudden, life is over for you, man. Just, they, they painted this picture of these rules and this prison sentence that marriage was going to be. And I realized in that moment they had the wrong view of marriage. Marriage wasn't, wasn't what I wasn't allowed to do. It was who I get to be with. Marriage, when you see marriage, it's not a list of rules going, man, I can't do this and I can't do that. It's I get to be with you. Listen, can I tell you, when you love God, when you fall in love with Jesus Christ, it's not about what you can't do. It's who you get to be with. I've learned this about love. It goes above and beyond the minimum. The law says that I have to protect my wife. The law says I have to feed my family. The law says I have to provide shelter for my family. The minimum, when you're in love is just the basement, and you go above and build above that. I want to let you know, when we love God, it's not about, man, okay, I can't say this, and I can't do that, and I can't drink this, and I can't smoke that. It's not about the rules. We go above and beyond. Love takes you above where rules doesn't stay. My daughter is 10, and I took her to New York last November, and she said, like, you gotta take me to New York. It's our favorite city. I know Halifax is supposed to be, but New York. New York and Halifax are very similar. The difference is they have big buildings and people, but the, besides that, it's very similar, and took my daughter to New York last November, and I took, her to, uh, I took her to Central Park. We rented a two-seater bike for this father-daughter week. Took her around Central Park, and she didn't do much pedaling. I did all the pedaling, and she just sat there and looked around, and we had a picnic in the park, and we went to the Madagascar Zoo. Come on, somebody. We went and saw the, the smiling wave, the penguins and the zebras and the lions and the monkeys. And we went to the zoo, and then we went to Broadway. We went to Lion King on Broadway. I'm still trying to pay off those tickets. Come on, somebody took a mortgage to get those tickets, and I took her across the Brooklyn Bridge, and we, 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 we walked across the Brooklyn Bridge, and she laughed and did cartwheels, and I took her to the top of the Empire State Building at sunset. And at the top of the Empire State Building, looking out over the city, seeing, as far as you can see, I talked about her value and her love. I talked about her future. I talked about how, how smart she was, how pretty she was, and God's call for her life, and I built her up. Why? I wanted to show her how a real man treated a young lady. And my only goal for that whole week was to ruin her dating life forever. <laughs> so I have some joker at 16 with an oversized hockey jacket walking up going, hey, girl, I'm a dream. She goes, no, no, I have a dream, and you are a nightmare. <laughs> Here's what I've realized. The minimum says i got to provide shelter for my kids. The minimum says i got to provide uh, food for my kids. But love goes beyond the minimum and takes it to another level. Kind of let you know, at Nova Church, And whatever church you go to, if you love Jesus Christ, it's not about the minimum what you have to do. It's what you get to do. We are all in, heart and soul. We are all in in our mind. We are passionate about Jesus Christ. We are passionate about God. Why? Because he first loved us. And we don't see rules. We see love. And when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, it changes the way you see, the way you think, the way you live, the way you love, the way you give. Why? Because we are all in in this thing. The Bible says the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart. Religion. And pride takes more people to hell than anything else. Why? It says, I'm good enough. Listen, I don't want religion. I want relationship. I don't want a religious marriage that we eat together, sleep in the same bed, and pay the same bills. I have a marriage that goes beyond the minimum. Because it's not what I have to do. It's who I get to be with. Can I encourage you to say, when we love Jesus Christ, when we love God, we are all in today. We are passionate about His plan, and His forgiveness, and His joy, and His peace that hits our life today. We are all in in loving God. It's not about our have-tos, it's we get-to. Some people don't understand Christian faith because they see the actions of have-tos, not a relationship with God. Today, if you're far from God, listen, this is not a bunch of rules. It's not about saying a certain amount of prayers and checking off a box. It's about walking with a God that's passionate about you. Listen, you can talk to God outside of a church service. You know that? Listen, short prayers work when you're close to God's ear. And sometimes God, God, listen, God's not far. He's as close as the mention of your name. And some of you, sometimes the best prayer you can pray is help, God, help me. Some days, even this week, stuff was going on I'm like, God, you've got to help us right now in the middle of tragedy, in the middle of pain, in the middle of stress. Listen, I want to let you know we have a relationship. We need to wait to get to church. That's why it's not about a church service. It's about a relationship. This is not a landing pad going, oh, God, I just made it to church this week. This is a launching pad into our city, into our influence, into our jobs, into our schools. We come here to get our mission. This is not our mission. Some of you, go, oh, I just made it to church. Just check that box. Made it to church. I'm good. No, no, we come to church and say, God, you're in my life. You're in my Mondays. You're in my Tuesdays. And we leave here launching, going, people need to know this story. That's the God we serve. We are all in, heart and soul. We are all in today. That's what it means to be great in the kingdom of God. The second thing it says is not only to love God, but it says to love people. Verse 39 says it like this. It says the second is equally important. In that one statement, in that one verse, Jesus equates loving God to loving people. He says, listen, if you're going to love God, there's something attached to this. You've got to love people because God is always about people. Religion wants to separate God from people and make it hard to connect. God sent, gave everything he had to connect him to people. If you're going to love God to be great, you've got to love people. Here's what I've learned in life. People aren't easy to love. Have you found that yet? Do you know they say like one in four people are extremely hard to be around? If you're sitting there going, I have no friends that are hard to be around, it's probably you, <laughs> you know? Just a thought. But I've learned this that people are hard to love. You can't separate the two. But loving God is one thing, loving people is another. People aren't easy to love sometimes. People are messy. Have you realized that yet? If you have teenagers, have you realized that yet? Teenagers are messy. Not just in the room, but in their emotions, in their choices, in their language, in their behavior, in the way they live. People are messy. Listen, that means loving them will be messy. That means that your life will be messy. Listen, that means our church will be messy. If you're looking for a clean, perfect church, this is not the church to join. We believe people are messy, but loving God means we have to love people, love them through their mess. I am so thankful for a God that found me in my mess and still loved me where I was. And if we're to love God, we have to treat people like he treated them, and that's not always easy. But people are messy. People will hurt you. People will turn on you. People will lie on you. People will disappoint you. Here's what I want to let you know today. Greatness, in the kingdom of God, greatness is messy. This is a messy church. People coming in in their pain. People coming in in their issues. People coming in in their journey. I want to let you know, if you're sitting there going, I got some junk in my life, you're in the right place. If you have two feet and a heartbeat, you're in the right place. Why? Because God, we love God, but we love people. And we embrace the mess. Why? Because God turns the mess into a message. If you knew my mess, but God is turning it into a message. Listen, you have a mess in your life. Some of you, it's relationships. Some of you, it's your past. Some of you, it's your thought. Life. God wants to take that mess because God's into messy people. He wants to help us. As we love God and all in and love people, we see stories starting to happen. Because people are messy, but greatness is messy. Let me tell you what love isn't, loving people. Loving people is hard, but here's what I've learned in my life. What we need to know about loving people. Love isn't agreeing. Did you know that? Love isn't agreeing. God didn't agree with my life, and he still gave it all to love me. We can disagree with people. You know, I don't know if I agree with their lifestyle. I don't know if I agree with their habits. I don't know if I agree with, with the way they spend their time. I don't know if I agree with their Facebook posts. I don't know if I agree with their relationships. Listen, loving and agreeing are not the same thing. I don't always agree with my kids, but I'm passionately in love with them. Sometimes my kids make choices. I'm going, I don't agree with that. I'm disappointed, but I still love them. Kind of let you know, loving people doesn't mean we agree with them all the time. People confuse the two. They think if you disagree that you hate them. No, disagreeing is not the same. You can love and not agree. God did not agree with my sin. He did not agree with my life, and still he loved me so much. He emptied heaven. He bankrupted heaven to send his son to reach me. Why? Because he didn't agree with me, but he loved me. Let it be said of us that we be a great church that loves people where they are, not where we need them to be. So many times it's like, well, if you believe a certain way, listen, if you can behave a certain way, then maybe you can belong here. Listen, you don't need to believe right or behave right to belong here. Why? Because I didn't believe right. And I didn't behave right. But God still said, you belong. He sent his son to go, you belong. I want really to know our city matters. And people are a mess. If you're looking for perfect people, don't look on the stage. But I know this, a loving isn't agreeing. Here's what else I've learned. Love is not an emotion. The younger generation, my grandparents' generation seem to get this. Commitment to fight in wars and to commit to families but the younger generation we confuse love with an emotion love isn't an emotion it's a choice love is a choice it's an action here's what I've realized after 17 years of marriage my wife can tell you the same thing you don't always feel like being married I know it's hard to believe I'm not the easiest guy to live with all the time I think I'm pretty funny sometimes I'm funny at the wrong time you don't wake up every morning. It's not like some movie, or some some honeymoon, some some. You wake. Listen, like sometimes it's messy. Sometimes marriage is more Walmart trips and bills. Come on, somebody. Than date night and Instagram posts. You don't always feel like being married. You don't always feel like going to work. You don't always feel like being a Christian. You don't always feel like loving people. Right choices lead to right emotions. Here's what I've realized: I wake up every day and go, "No, no, I want to love people." Love is not a feeling. And we have we have a generation that just trades in once the romance is gone, once the the goosebumps is gone, once that newness of dating is gone, they check into the next relationship. Can okay, I encourage you? Love is more than an emotion. We're going to love people. We're going to choose to love people. But where do you stand on this issue and that issue and how do you deal? I don't know. We're going to work through it, but I know this. We're going to love people, and they can disagree with us, and I'm okay with someone walking out disagreeing with us. I'm not okay with someone walking out going, I wasn't loved there. But emotion is not the same as love. Love is an action. Here's what else I've learned. Love isn't getting. Love is giving. So many times we confuse lust and love. Lust is but what I can get from you. We have so many girls giving their body to get some emotional support. We have so many guys giving emotional to get physical. We, 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 we exchange love and lust. We buy into Hollywood and, and, and music and we buy into the, the lyrics of it's all about what I can get. Love is not about getting, love is given. The Bible says God so loved the world he gave his son. My friends, I've learned it's easy to give to God sometimes but it's not easy to give to people. Knowing they could turn their back on you, walk out on you, disappoint you, hurt you, abuse you. Loving people. But love isn't about getting. It's about giving. Let it be said of this church and those that call this home that we give our lives away, not only to God, but to people. If we have it, you have it. Give you our time. Give you our hearts. Give you a place to belong. Oh, we want to be great in the kingdom of God. Let's love God and love people. We want to be a great church, and greatness is found in loving God and loving people. As we build this church, I want to let you know we are focused on this. Even next week, as simple as Feed Nova Scotia, we sat around and go, listen, it's Thanksgiving. It's a little, but it's something. We got to start somewhere. Can we give back next week? And not just those canned vegetables I don't like. Nancy, let's give this. I might even buy some chunky soup. That's the good stuff right there. But we want to be a church that's focused on giving. Say, listen, we want to help our city. We got plans. We want to help people of different faiths and people of different languages and people of different backgrounds. We want to help them. Why? Because we love people. We may not agree with everything they believe, but we can love people. We have visions of starting English classes for refugees don't even care if they ever come to our church. Why? Because it's not what we get from them, it's what we give to them. We don't want something from our community, we want something for them. Let it be said of us that we gave our lives to God and we gave our lives to people. James 1.27 in the message version says it so well, it says this. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. This kind of religion is hot air and only hot air. Real religion, real faith, the kind that passes muster before God the Father is this. Reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from this godless world. Listen, when you fall in love with God, purity is no longer a list of what you can't do. It's a royal behavior because you know that now you belong. My behavior changes not because I have to, because I want to. I'm not where I was, but thank God I'm not staying where I am. God has a plan for my purity and my faith and my marriage and my kids and my finances and my talents. Why? Because my behavior is not because I have to, it's because I want to. But we're also going to love people. People are not easy to love. I don't know if I like these lights. That's too much haze. What do you mean we got to sit in the front? Some of you people have opinions. It's all right. We love you. We have to. And we're going to. We're building something here, where we're gonna love God and love people. As we get ready to close in just a moment, Matt's gonna come back and give us some final instructions. I wanna pray for you this morning. We're building a church for people far from God. And we want people that are attracted and passionate about people far from God. We don't need another church that's a museum of just protecting the saints. This is not a club to keep people out. This is a rescue hospital to let people in. Hope is the need of the world. The gospel is hope. You say, Mike, I don't know this God. I don't serve this God. I don't love God with all my heart. I know about God. I know Christmas, I know Easter. I go to church once in a while, but I don't, I don't love God like that. I haven't given God my life. The Bible says in Romans, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's Lord, you know what that word Lord means? It means he's boss, he's master. It means you're all in. God, you say it, I do it. You lead, I'll follow. That's, that's salvation. That's faith. You walked in here today, maybe someone brought you, you're thinking, I can't believe I'm in church on a Sunday morning. But you're kind of liking it. You're like, man, the coffee was good. The lights are all right. The band was amazing. The preaching, get to see. And I don't know where you are in your journey today, but something in your heart starts beating. Going, is it true? Could it be possible God is that good? Is it possible that my past doesn't determine my future? Is it possible that this could be a place that people love me no matter the place I'm in, no matter the mess I'm in, no matter what my history? Yeah, this is that place. It's that good. We didn't start a church because we're ticked off at other churches. We didn't start a church because we're bored. We started a church because what God did for us, we want to help God do for others. We're passionate about people in this place. And today we're passionate about you. All over this place, if you just close your eyes for just a moment and bow your head. I want to pray for some people in this room. It would be wrong of me to let this moment pass by without giving you a chance to meet this God that is all in with you. A God that's passionate about you, crazy about you. He's committed to you, heart and soul. He gave everything for you. And this moment, this church is not perfect, but it's full of perfect moments. And perfect moments is when people realize that God is good. You say, Mike, I don't know God. Or, man, I haven't known God for a long time. I'm not living for Jesus. I can't say that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I can't say that. My life is pleasing to God. I can't say I'm all in. I give them Sundays, but I don't give them my week. I don't give them my life. If you say, that's not you today. You say, Mike, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to just say a prayer. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come to this front. I'm just going to ask you in a moment just to raise your hand. We want to pray for you right where you are and believe that today a moment can happen, a miracle will happen, that a loving God can meet a desperate life. And today you can walk out of here loving God and be on mission to start loving people. Today it can happen in this place. A miracle can happen. A new start can happen right now. If you say, Mike, that's me. I want you to pray for me right where I am today. If that's you, can you just slide your hand up real high with every head bowed and every eye closed. Just slide your hand up all over this place. I see that hand. 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 You can put your hand right back down. All over this place. Can we, everybody in this room, can we stand to our feet as we get ready to close? Everybody in this room, let's stand. We're going to pray as we get ready to sing this last song. And then Matt comes. Can we pray together today? today a miracle? Probably a dozen people put their hand up this morning. That's why we do this. That's why we do this. Come on, somebody. We can celebrate that today. (laughs) The Bible says, return to the joy of my salvation. You know why we're excited? Because we know what God saved us from. And today we want you to enjoy that too all over this place can you bow your head can we pray this all together if you've prayed this for your whole life we're going to pray it all together so those that raise their hand you're not alone today because why we love God but we love you we want you to feel comfortable today all over this place we're going to repeat as loud as we can after me you ready we're going to pray this prayer and miracles going to happen in your life come on say with me say Lord Jesus Christ I give you my life today thank you that you're all in for me so today I go all in with you Forgive me for my past. Forgive me for my choices. Come into my life and lead me from this day on. I love you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I'm all in. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Come on, somebody. Can we celebrate today? If you made that decision today, in a moment we're going to tell you what you can do how we're going to help you. But let's sing this song together. Come on.